This is Shani, and you're listening to Happy Hour News Campfire Tales. Sanchez. So this is about eight, nine years ago. And actually it was 2013, so it was seven years ago because I just bought a brand new four-wheeler. And the four-wheeler was a 2013, so it was like end of 2012, that era. Okay? And me, my buddy, and my girlfriend at the time were out there looking at this four-wheeler. And we're just like it's the latest, greatest, biggest four wheeler that Players made, you know. And I remember that. And we're looking at it, and like it's getting about that time to go in. And I had been gassy all day, you know, so I try to let one go. Well, it wasn't just a fart. Uh oh, greasy, yeah. So, anyways, I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, thinking like I got my buddy and my girlfriend here. I just shit my fucking pants, and I got, like, a 100-foot walk from the garage to the house. You had a 100-foot waddle. Waddle, whatever you want to call it. Like, it was not going to be good to go from the garage to the fucking house. That's a good one. So, anyways, I'm, like, trying to get them out of the garage. I'm, like, okay, like, we got to go. Like, let's go to the house. It's cold out here, you know. What does my dumbass do? Takes my keys out of my pocket for the house. Mind you, the house is locked at this point. Right. I drop the fucking keys as soon as they come out of the fucking pocket. So you got to bend over now. So now I have to bend over. But it's not a bend over like, just bend over like you regularly do. Like, this is like some fucking ballerina bullshit, like, where your ass doesn't touch the back of your pants bend right, over that yeah. I do where you, like, got to do a, what slide. What they call them, a pile or play Or where, or like, you bend at the... You curtsy. Like, the ankles... And the knees, but yet you don't bend at the waist. Right. No, you drop straight down. Yeah. You keep that line, that center yeah. of gravity. So you, so I fucking do this. Like a scissor jack coming yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I end up doing this execution so flawlessly. And they're, like, looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, are you, why aren't you just picking up your keys? And I'm like, yeah, let, let's get inside. So, like, I proceed to waddle the 100 feet and the wa- as I still refer to it as the greatest walk of shame known to mankind. <laughs> the waddle of shame. Oh, it was the waddle of shame, whatever you want to call it. It was horrible. I get to the house and, like, I fucking start trying to clean myself up. Like, like Quick, did you have any shittins? Oh. Yeah, that's what you needed with shittins. <laughs> Actually, yes. I was using wet wipes at the time. I had shittins. And I fucking cleaned myself up, like, the best I could. Hopped in the shower, showered. A girlfriend comes in there and she's like, why were you acting so strange? I'm like, I shit my pants. She's like, yeah, yeah, funny, funny. I'm like, go look at my underwear. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, you actually did shit your pants. I'm like, could you please throw them in the washing machine? And she's like, I can do that for you. Oh, <laughs> and, did you have a pair of tongs? <laughs> and, you, and you know what? Somehow old Shuby managed to fuck that relationship up like I do every relationship. Holy jeez. Happy Valentine's Day, people, because we're (laughs) recording this on Valentine's Day. Just thought I'd like to give you a great shit story.
All right, what happened when you were a kid, man? When I was a kid, shit was different. Well, I mean, because if you misbehaved, your parents were allowed to fucking smack the shit out of you. I don't know if it was actually allowed. Oh, it was. It was a, when just, I was a kid, it was allowed. It was just looked away. I had a moment when I was, I, I must have been around 10, 11, where we had, we, we lived in a neighborhood that was kind of a new neighborhood. It was all built when we moved in. Where was this at? In Greeley, Colorado. I was still in Colorado. Yeah. 1967, 68, right? Are we old enough for you yet? So the area was being developed. We were on edges of town. So there was an area across the street that, which was where they were going to future build a highway. We didn't know it when we were like eight. That was your playground. That was, And there was a ditch that ran through there. You know, like a fucking ditch and that's where we hung out that was we called it behind the fence where are you gonna go we're gonna go out behind the fence i think we all had that growing up our the ditch. place places where you used to play before where you played before yeah. you grew up well this was an area there was a row of houses and whoever developed the property had put a fence along this property line you know behind all the row houses for like two or three blocks and behind, immediately behind that was a, an irrigation ditch. And then there was like a big field. It was like a farmer's field. And we were, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And we would go out there and hang and play in the, you know, in the ditch and, you know, swim and shit like that. And we, and we were eight. Back and before cell phones. Well, our parents games. didn't know what the fuck we were <laughs> As long you know, as you came back alive. Because at that time, it was like, just get the fuck out of the house and leave me alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember where my fucking story was going. In the anyway, ditch. We, yeah, we would go out there and we would play out there in the, you know. Nobody, I remember we'd nobody go, cared. Nobody cared, yeah. I mean, fuck. You know, All right. I, gotta, I, I would walk into the house. I'd be eight years old. And I'd walk in. I'd be soaking wet from head to toe, right? And full of mud and everything else, my mom would look at me and go, Oh, take it off. <laughs> take it off there. Because it's not really a big deal then. I remember, one, I remember one time, which is one of my finest memories from when I was a child. I don't remember a whole lot from when I was. But uh, we used to have this. I, li- I grew up in a town called Greeley, Colorado. And in the middle of town, we had this. Two little ponds at Glenmere City Park. And that's where all those little tiny kids used to go fishing. And I remember I went fishing one time with a couple of friends that were staying over. And it had rained. And we got bored. And there was like a little creek that came through town, through the park. And we all decided we were going to go sliding. Sliding. Sliding down the bank into the little creek. And we were like splashing everything else. And the park management called my mom to come get us. And she was so proud of us <laughs> that we had so much fun at their expense. I mean, my mom was pretty cool at the end. I guess it's my turn now. Fuck. What kind of story you guys want to hear? 
don't know. Give us one. Well, they're your he, stories. I since don't know. since he, he was in the Navy and you were in the Navy, why don't you tell a Navy uh, story? I got, I got some Navy stories. I was in very briefly, though. I did a brief stint. I went to Pensacola, uh, Florida. <laughs> that was for your school, right? Yeah, that was my school, NATT Center. It's called NAT Center uh, Aviation School. I was a parachute rigger. Went to school with a bunch <laughs> of Marines. Yeah, I was a stitch, bitch. Fuck you, Sanchez. I saved lives, motherfucker. Hey, I, I clean toilets. I, I, <laughs> I, I unclog toilets. I sewed. <laughs> I think my job was more valuable than yours. I, uh, I packed uh, SCBAs. I packed uh, everything. I you know. What the bubble heads were? Bubble heads. Self-contained breathing apparatus? Yep. Was, yep. Were those OBAs or were those the ones with the little coil, stainless steel coil? Well, that was only... Uh, the little coil was only... I, Leave seventy seconds of air. Right. Yeah. Well, that was that was an escape. Escape. That was an escape. It just sub, in case. Sub guys. Uh, no, that was in case a helicopter went down, and you needed to orient yourself. Yeah, but in, in the in the submarine navy, they was the same things. I was, was I was, no was supposed to be a, actually I was supposed to be a seaman subfarer, but then I told my CO that I had claustrophobia. I'm fucking claustrophobic like a motherfucker. Yeah, I know you pretty well. You wouldn't have done well on a submarine. Fuck no. No, I would have been that would have been bad news bears. No, but no. Then I ch- I switched my uh, my job to uh, parachute rigger. I finished second to my school. Imagine that. So I got to pick my orders where I wanted to go. I ended up going to Guam. I spent a little while there. Holy fuck, that place! Expensive as fuck, but beautiful as fuck. I had a few good friends over there. Uh, Petty officer Abel. Andy Abel, Petty Officer, Roberto Castaneda, uh, and Halter, Petty Officer Halter. You know, met some good people over there. Went to some titty bars, a lot of titty bars. Went to my first rub and tug. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that I love the rub and tugs, people. You don't even got to fucking... Don't, don't look at me in those evil eyes through your radio. <laughs> or those judgy eyes. Now I'll judge went, you right back. I will tell you. All right. All right I'm going to tell you my rub and tug story. All right. Because since we are happy hour news and we just don't give a fuck around here, so yeah, I was uh, I got caught smoking some weed on Guam, so I got discharged early. But in the meantime, after my forty five forty five ninety was over, a good friend of mine, uh, Kippen, said, "I'm going to take you to your first massage parlor." All right, what the fuck? Let's go hit it up. I mean, I went to plenty of strip clubs. I mean, they're they're all right. The G spot was all right. The fucking Vikings. I like Vikings. That was a pretty good place. But uh, we went to this place, and it actually had the red light over the door. So I was like, all right. So we go up to the door, and uh, Rusty and I uh, talked to Mama-san. She's like, uh, no, we don't offer that here. And Rusty, no, 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 no. We want a massage. We want a massage. We're not, we're not here for sex. She goes, oh, oh, you want massage? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so we get in there. Right away, we're split up. And the wife's going to love hearing this one. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they split us up. And uh, Rusty goes in one room. I go in the other. She goes, and I'm like, all right. And I get in there. It's a bed. There's a bed and a nightstand and a lamp. And the bed sheets are held down with safety pins. And she goes, you, get naked. Take all clothes off. Okay. <laughs> Took all my clothes off but my socks. Nah, I kept my socks on. Hey, you don't want to get ringworm? Yeah. 
Go and get foot rot. Well, that, yeah, I got a little more, more to worry about than that of going into a rub and tug. But uh, this was not a massage parlor at all. I mean, my wife's a massage therapist. You go into a massage parlor and you got a table. You have a professional table. With a hole for your face. With a in. hole for your face. Not you your got, dick. Not your dick. You got a fucking towel warmer. You got the rocks. You got, you know. But when I walked in this room, it was a fucking bed with the sheets safety pinned down. So I, all right, like I said, I got naked without my socks and I, I kept them on. And the, uh, the mama son comes in with this, you know, naked Korean girl. I'm like, all right, party. She comes in. No. No, 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 no. She she scoots a Korean girl out. You, take off socks. <laughs> I'm like, all right, shit, fuck, all right. I took off my socks. Not 30 seconds later, same girl was, she come back in. So, we proceed to get down to business. She goes, you got the money? You got $50. It was 50 bucks 50 bucks? Yep. Holy crap, inflation or what? That's a cheap fucking way these days now. Well, this was uh, 97, so... Uh, 22 years ago or so. And uh, I was like, nah, dude, my buddy, he's paying for it. Oh, no, 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 you pay me now. I'm like, no, my my buddy brought me here. He says, this is on me. All right? She gets up immediately, walks to the door, yells something. Mama's son comes running. You got no money? I was like, no, my buddy, he's paying for it. And in the meantime, my buddy's fucking balls deep in this fucking hooker. <laughs> in his own little business. Because I got, I'll tell you the story afterwards. Yeah. I found out what happened. So, uh, long st- Okay, then she comes back in. We got things settled. Uh, she puts this tissue around my cock to cover up the, the region. Then she puts, like, a fucking hefty, thick condom on. Oh, yeah. I mean. That way you can last longer. Well, I don't know, man. This was so professional. I mean, there was nothing sexy about it. So she lays down. We start going. I'm like, you know what? This. No, fuck this. I was like, why don't you get on top or you blow me or something? She goes, oh, that's another 50. (laughs) It's always another 50. I was like, well, my buddy's got it. Ah, you know, I'll get to that part of the story later. And uh, so, you know, long story short in that area, this was not a great whorehouse experience for me. It was my first and my only, actually. I've never been to another whorehouse. Yeah, you need to get then. better friends. <laughs> well, oh, you just got to start hanging out with me more often. Yeah. Well, Shuby will take me into a good rub and tug. I, I, sure. I got to get the permission from the old wifey pants of yours yeah. there. Like I said, wait till, she, wait till she hears this. That's going to happen. But anyways, the ride home. Ah, Rusty's like, well, how'd you fucking like it? I'm like, dude, that was the most professional fucking shit. She goes, what? I was like, I was like, well, uh, at first they wanted the money. He said, well, yeah, yeah, but you had it, right? Oh, yeah, that explains the pounding on the door. Here's what happened. (laughs) This guy was riding this fucker. He goes, man, I was up in there. I was acting like a fucking giraffe on steroids. I had the fucking howdy-doody going on, putting it in her ass, putting it. I was like, I was like, how much you spend in there? He goes, how about 350? And I was like, and I only got 50 bucks, and I got the fucking dead fish fucking lay. He's like, yeah, they came in asking about the money. I was like, yeah, yeah, anything he wants. I'm, anything I want. So when I asked her for the blowy and the fucking all that, they should have told her anything he wants, and they could have made a lot more money. Yeah, but, but they wanted to see how much money they get out of you. 
Yeah. And I didn't have the money. Because if she would have done that, she would have tried to charge you and him. Oh, could have been. Oh, yeah. Could've oh, been. yeah. No, these guys, these. They ain't stupid. You know, all I got all I got to say is I was never in the military. and But, but that, got, was, that was my whorehouse experience but, on Guam. I got I got a quick hooker story. So back in the days of Backpage, what you call Segway. Freaking, we had an oil boom go through here. What about four or five years ago? So Backpage, that's like an app. Yeah, okay. it, it was a it, it was a website like that, Craigslist. Did that have like DTF on it? I just no found no no out no no. no it, it had escorts on it and all this shit. Oh, I get you. It I was kind of like a Craigslist. Yeah, it, Craigslist, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they it, were more. Uh, more sexual. Oh yeah, like advertising. It, it was like yeah, more yeah. I, I think I've heard of that. Anyways, got my first hooker off a of back page. Oh shit, that's that's. I your, remember uh, when you told me about uh, this. That like, <laughs> that broke your cherry, your hooker cherry. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Nice. Like the oil boom was here, and there was hookers in Dickinson, like all over the place. Like oh, yeah, they, like hookers were running wild, man. Like, and you could get everything you wanted for two hundred bucks at the time. Which, it's I, a lot I of money. I remember you telling me about it. That I was mean, the funniest fucking thing I ever All right, let's, let's hear about uh, Shuby's well, first hooker experience. Well, my first hooker experience really isn't that great. Like, I went up there. Neither was mine, well, remember? I know, I know. But, like, anyways, I go up there, and... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, Are you I, getting hard thinking about this? A little bit, actually. <laughs> so, anyways, I go up there, you know, and I, I've always kind of wanted. I've always kind of had that fantasy about paid for sex because you're really not paid for it. You're paid to fucking leave with a guilt-free conscience, and you don't have to deal with your bullshit. That's that's you, exactly it, worth the money. Yeah, and uh, so, anyways, I contact this girl. We make arrangements. I meet her up at this hotel, and it's like. A dive bar or, or dive hotel, like it's a Roach Motel in Dickinson. Don't no no names, no names. We'll just say Dickinson. Say, so because and so. Anyways, we go. I go up there and uh, I meet her in this town, and uh, it's the it's the worst hotel in the town. So, anyways, we Is we it make, behind armies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'll tell you. It's crossing the bowling alley, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, been there, and there's all these rigger pickups out there. Like these riggers probably had their fucking turns on these girls, hundred times, whatever. Well, that the hotel's a horseshoe, so they, those fucking hookers probably just did a loop de loop the oh, whole yeah. fucking night and made bank. Oh yeah, like if I would have a pussy, man. Oh, <laughs> I, that, that you wouldn't want. Well, to I'm sure. I'm me. sure there was a market out there for even if you didn't. You got a back <laughs> pussy. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> so, anyways. All right. Go I uh, I go up there and like, we make arrangements and all that shit and like, she starts like jerking me off. I start getting a little chubbed. What does she do? Like, she fucking goes in. Like, this is the first time I've ever had a condom put on with a girl's mouth. Like, she fucking puts the condom on. Like, fucking sucking me off. She gets on top of me, starts riding me. I'm just having a fucking good old time. Like, I'm fucking her. Like, she's fucking me. We're fucking... All of a sudden, she's like, don't come in me. I'm like, what? I'm like, she's... I'm like, I'm wearing a condom. She's like, yeah, but don't come in me. I'm like, okay. So, like, me being me, I should have just blew it. I was in a condom, whatever. 
But I fucking pull out nut, and she's like, she's like, oh my god, you almost had me. And I was like, listen here, I ain't paying to get you off. I'm paying to get me off. <laughs> and like, I was like, thanks for the fantasy fulfillment, but like, I'm going on my way now. Oh yeah, daddy, do it to me, daddy. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm oh, almost oh. there. <laughs> I was almost there. Couldn't you lasted like 30 more seconds? And I was like, bitch, I already lasted 25 seconds. What do you expect out of me? Let's drink. Let's, let's drink. All right. Ah, thanks, so. for, thanks for the bottle, Shoops. You're welcome, buddy. Turns out, Shuby bought uh, Sanchez here a bottle of scotch. Nice. A square bottle. A square hey. bottle with not too lumpy a neck. And so. just to let you people know, if we get off the hooker subject, I got plenty more hooker yeah. stories. Oh, we'll we, do. we don't we don't want to we don't want to drain the reserve. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just letting you <laughs> we people. Got a lot I'm letting more you people. To do. I'm letting you people know that there is plenty more hooker stories from old Shubes. <laughs> We're talking hookers. Yeah. Hookers, hookers, and more hookers. Well, or as, as no, actually, on, uh, dust to the on, pussy, pussy, pussy. We got pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got slimy pussy. We got any pussy you want. It's like, it's like uh, uh, the, who's the bubbles from uh, Trailer Park Boys? The liquor and whores. Liquor and whores. <laughs> liquor and whores. If you liquor can find better pussy out there, fuck it. <laughs> See, and this is, this is how we started. Jack bottle, Jack bottle, please. I can't reach it. Carrie, what what are your thoughts on hookers? Get a, get a mic and let's get some thoughts on a woman's perspective on hookers. She's know. working on it. I don't know if you want to do this. <laughs> oh, I'm prepared to do this. I will argue with you, Carrie, if I have to. My thoughts on hookers. All they would have to do is, one, make them register and license. Two, Kind of like a massage therapist? Yes. <laughs> Two, going to get lady checkups on a regular basis. Like a bi-weekly, monthly, something like that? Whatever <laughs> they want to choose, but just to get regular checkups to make sure that they are okay. To make sure yeah, they don't so have So everybody is protected. So the the client and the uh, service provider. So you right? could raw dog it. See, you, you, know, you know, here's my thoughts on why prostitution isn't legal. Is because you can't tax pussy. <laughs> oh, you could though. <laughs> they you do could. it. They do it in Nevada. No, I I, I get it, it but it, it's just kind of a joke. Like the, the, the <laughs> government, the government ain't got nothing on my pussy, baby. My pussy is my pussy, and I don't have to report my income that my pussy makes. And let me tell you something: if this pussy makes a dollar, this pussy is keeping that dollar. And you motherfuckers ain't taking nothing that this pussy made. All right, Roberta. <laughs> All we would have to do is make it legal, and then a legal job. Yeah, if that's just, what they want to uh, like, do. Let like them do like it. legal marijuana, you. Uh, you They're going to do it anyways. You create a tax base for it. Yes. You provide uh, you provide uh, a licensing and and uh, a way so it can be managed. Yes. On, on a you know on a I mean, large level, make sure everybody's safe. Make sure nobody's going into it against their will. Yes, exactly. And, and then, and then making that that way, it'll be clean. It'll be safe. It'll it'll be it'll it definitely provides a service, a needed service. Because well, the thing look, is, people are buy, paying for it anyway. 
but they're having to do it in the backseat of cars. They're having to do it behind up by dumpsters, hotels, you know, hotels. How, how classy is that? Being traded for drugs. Well, like you think about this too, like the whole sex trafficking thing, people getting like pretty much being slaves. Oh yeah, like if being imported, le- kidnapped from countries yeah. and brought into other well, countries, and like the legal to provide sex for people. The legal prostitution thing would actually eliminate a lot of that shit you know it like, would except for the underground fucking dark kitty oh, I, I, I get that shit but kitty porn is always going to be illegal and that's and those sick motherfuckers let me tell you something as much as Shuby loves hookers if I ever catch a motherfucker looking at kitty porn I'll do life in prison because I'll kill that motherfucker yeah, yeah, you well no both. it's just it's not about that it's just the, like you said the sex trade the sex trafficking there are a lot more kids getting abducted nowadays oh there is because and, of that and, and like I said, like if I ever walk in, and there's like if I ever go to visit a hooker, and there's a twelve year old girl, I'm gonna be looking for that fucking pimp in that fucking room. Oh, he ain't gonna be anywhere near that girl. I know, but she's gonna be taken out and given to the cops. Well, and- then you just if you got your fucking gun on you, you shoot the fucking hooker, take that girl, and you shoot anybody that gets in your way. Oh yeah. Oh, yeehaw, motherfucker. Yeah, that's Cowboy how up. that's how we fucking feel. But yeah. How the, how did we get on that? Topic? I don't know. So, we, well, no, we were we. Carrie was asked her opinion on on hookers, and she gave. I thought she gave a well thought yeah. out. You know, yeah, well reasoned. And there's yeah. other countries that have done just that. They well, look at Vegas they, it, they, in, or Carson City, whatever. In, in, it is. in Britain, uh, sex working is legal. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe you have to have a license, and 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 you, you can. I know that I watch a lot of British television. I saw a couple of documentaries on it. These a lot of these women run out of like a small motorhome or a camper type outfit and they advertise they have the specific you know online advertising that's registered mm-hmm. so when if a customer goes on or he goes to this specific website and all these women have to be registered with the government in order to get access to this website so they know they're dealing with a real professional people who pay their taxes and who are above board and yeah you know, and then and nobody bats an eye at it. Nobody says, "Oh, you're gonna go to hell," or "Oh, that's terrible," or "Oh, you know." Well, I'm sure a few do, but just it, it's it's all about the money. Yeah, it's all. I mean, money talks, and well, then, it don't matter know, if it's legal or not. There's always going to be people to find a black market, something oh, or another. Exactly, and that's you know, that's just the way it is. It, it's how can I make the quickest buck exactly. and the most. Exactly. I mean, and let me tell you something, people out there. If you're thinking about going and getting your first hooker, do it. Go out there, research it, do your research, and go get your first hooker. Tonight. And preferably, you know what? Treat her like a lady. Tell her that she's beautiful. Tell tell her that, you know what? I really love those eyes. And that hair looks beautiful on you, baby. That look even better thrown on the ground. Now get that weave out of here. Yeah, get that weave off. You ain't fooling nobody, bitch. That hair can't be that long. Come on, Roberta. Take it easy. <laughs> well, that's that's weird that you called it sliding because that's exactly what my uh, my grandpa used to call it. He had the Bennett coal mine. That's where they uh, sell the fireworks. Now. That's where they well they sold them there for a long time. He had the Bennett coal mine, and I always went out there. My brother and I, my sister, uh, she, she wasn't really old enough to remember, but 
in the winter, my grandpa had these steel ski toboggans. Not toboggans, really, but they were the old-fashioned wooden sleds, which had this wooden handle at the beginning. Yeah, the speeder. Yeah. Well, it made you get, have the illusion that you could, could turn. Steer, yeah. <laughs> you can't turn. <laughs> and after every, like, four or five trips, I mean, it was a straight shot down the hill. We didn't have to worry about turning, but it gave you, the like, the, the false confidence that you could turn this fucker, but you couldn't. Every so often, you'd, you'd uh, rosin the skis. Make it a little slippery. You gotta make yeah. it, you gotta, you gotta get that dirt off there. You gotta make it slippy, slippery. And uh, yeah, Ted Bennick at the Bennick coal mine, we, we, we sledded down that hill. I don't know how many times my mom was there, my brother Shane. Uh, it was it was a great freaking time. And then my grandma, she would ring the porch bell and you would hear, Lunch! <laughs> coming in! You know, it was, you know. Yeah, coming on in. Yep, it's coming <laughs> in. It was always soup and sandwiches. It was freaking awesome. I mean, yeah. I like to go down there again sometime. It was a good time. Well, you're going to get all that back, you know. No, it's, it's just the nostalgia. Another story, like I said, I have many stories out of the Bennett coal mine. It's uh, me and my best well, friend at the time. It's definitely a, a little bit of uh, southwestern North Dakota lower here. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was, it was uh, first, not really the first, I don't know. I don't know the, really the history of it. I was too young to know. But it had the, the rail cars that he's got a few on display up on the hill that actually hauled coal. I mean, they're just the cars that... So this, this is your family, right? Yeah. They had this huge cliff off to the side of the homestead, which had the root cellar in it, but we climb it, you know. I mean, this fucker was probably 150 feet tall. And it wasn't, like, next to the river or anything? No, the river was off to the side. So, but it wasn't like a the river. river. You don't want to get me started on the river and the ponds that were adjacent because that's a whole nother story. But this is a good story. All right. One of my best friend Blake, like Sam Meyer and I, you know, we always go out there. We go fishing, but we had a BB gun. He was on the fucking bank, walking the edge of the uh, side of the cliff, and I was up on the cliff. 150 feet up in the air, 200 feet. I don't fucking know. It was a, well, we were small, so it it was big at the time. I'm at the highest point of this fucking cliff, and he's down at the face, and he has my BB gun. He goes, "Hey, let me see if I can hit you." <laughs> I'm like, "What? Could he, goes, he hit you?" He goes, "Just stand right there. Just let me see if you know. See if I can get close. Yeah, right. It's let's a BB gun. It's a BB gun. It ain't gonna get up, you know." And I'm thinking logically. I'm like, well, it's going up. Shoot me! It's going. He's gonna try to shoot me. Well, it's going is, up, like a straight, ninety degree angle. I mean, it was no out and up. It was straight up. I'm like, you know what? What the fuck are the odds? So I gave him a shot. Fucking shoots. I heard that fucker. That's what it sounded like. I'm yeah. like, all right, all right, all right. No, 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 no. I'm like, I heard it. Don't shoot me! <laughs> no, don't sh- No, I heard it. 
I heard it. I fucking heard it. Yeah? I wait, stood wait, there. Wait till they're real bullets and they zip on you. Well, head. it wasn't you'll, you'll real. Definitely These, fucking go. Don't shoot me. <laughs> this, this, uh, this, this, this actual uh, gun was a Pump Master 760. It was one that you pumped the fucking, yeah, it was a you know. Gun. It was a real Pella gun. It was a real Pella gun. Yeah. You couldn't load like a chamber full of BBs or right, a chamber. It was one, one at, a at a time. Yeah. One at a time. It was time. a real gun. Yeah. It and he's real, like. And you could actually kill animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a close range. But yeah. I was I was 200 feet away, Doesn't straight matter. up. It was, it was the gun of the day. It wasn't. Thank God it wasn't a fucking pellet. Right. All right. But it was a BB. And he first BB. Soup. Like. And it didn't I hit heard you. it. That's the best part is it didn't hit you. I heard it. Yeah. And he goes, one more time. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did it again. <laughs> I was like, all right, I heard it. All right, you can, yeah, you yeah. can hit me. It's yeah. going to hit me. He goes, all right, one more. <laughs> right in the fucking eye. Oh. <laughs> he hit you. Right in the eye. It was third time. But he didn't let it. Was, You're ready for it to be done, but he didn't let it. He was my best friend. Hey. Here's the thing. If you grew up back in the 90s, 80s. Oh, yes. If, if I see him today, I'll hug him. He's one of the guys that stuck around. Shots Good guy. I would have fucked me. Oh, dude. We, that was one out of three bad things that I, ever happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, The first two was he fucking missed you twice. <laughs> well, no. Well, okay, one out of six. Growing up back then, you had if you wore glasses, they were as thick as this glass. No, they weren't. They, I, mine I, were. I, I've grown. I've I had glasses all my life. I've had the worst fucking vision that you could probably have as a fucking kid, 12, 13, 14 years well, old. They're always. They but always my glasses. Suck. Glasses they, always suck. They, they fucking curved around and they were thick. Well, anyways, it busted out the right fucking lens of my glasses. <laughs> but it busted out the right freaking. The right lens of my glasses and I fucking dropped. Dude, he was up on that hill within probably three seconds. Dropped the gun up the hill, fucking tending to my shit. Yeah. And then right away, we're both like, oh, we need a story. Of course, they make up a story. Right? Here's what happened. Blake's Here's like, what happened, yeah. I'm like, yes, all right. I I fell I, I fell on some cactus. See, I dropped, that's... I dropped my glasses. It didn't hurt me, though. The BB got nowhere near my eye because of the thickness of my glasses, the lens in my fucking glass. See, that's where criminals get it wrong, because they can't get next to an eight-year-old bunch of kids' stories. You know, because, like, a bunch of eight-year-olds get in trouble, and they go, this is what happened. Right? This is exactly <laughs> what happened. And if we and could then, both and, fucking and, stick and to it. And they all get, you know, and, 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 but the criminals, the, the full adult criminals, like, going, we weren't eight years old. We were about 14, 15. Yeah. We were 14, enough. 15. And, you know, the thing is, we both knew that it was a fucking accident-ish. And we are like, we tried to cover each other's ass. I mean, that's what friends do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't want to see your friend go down. Well, no, it's like, and the thing Unless is, he's a real dirt ultimately, yeah. ultimately, nobody got hurt. But we could have, if he would have fucking hit me, like, in the jugular... Or in the fucking, you know, carotid artery. And I fucking, if that didn't kill me, the fall down the fucking cliff would have. You know? And in a lot of ways, we were fucking lucky. And so we, we figured out the best way to get out of it. It's like, well, okay, here's what happened. 
I shot up in the air. It fucking, you know, ricocheted and something, you know, and you stepped on your glasses. I'm like, all right. And, you know, they're probably listening or relatives are listening now or whatever. It happened. I got shot in the fucking eye. With a BB gun. With a BB gun. Pump Master 760. started back in 2004 2005 when the band started writing and touring quite a bit uh, we would hit the road we, we did kind of the western third of the United States uh, so we did basically Colorado north and south basically everything west of the Rockies uh, we, we hit um, we didn't go to too many parts unknown but we did get out a bit and we were wild shit we were 24 25 years old we were kids I mean you know the old adage about your brain not finishing development until you're 25 so we we really uh we're kind of just out there doing the wild you know roaming whatever we wanted to do um thinking that we were all grown men of course and uh, i guess legally we were but we were barely a day over being children and we reminisce about it here and there and when we do talk about it we reflect on how immature and and absolutely fucking stupid we really were but um so i do remember stories um <clears throat> one of the stories in particular temecula i guess we can start there uh, our guitar player who i used to call him crass because i mean the nickname fits basically uh he not because of the punk bands not because of the the style of crass punk bands like rudimentary p and i uh, i don't mean that he was just a crass guy in, in the best of ways. Like, he was a punk rocker through and through. So we were young, and we would go on the road, and uh, we would procure illegal substances from time to time. And one particular time, we were in Temecula, and I remember being in a Motel 6. We used to play at a place called, God, I think it was the Bikini Beach Club in Lake Elsinore, where, funny enough, uh, our guitar player ended up meeting his baby's mama and he's very happily married now to a wonderful woman and has a couple more kids but you know this is 15 16 years ago and he met a waitress bimbo whore whatever you want to call it um who threw herself at him and we would go down and play this place quite a bit and it was you know a couple hours away from where we would where home was for us so uh, it was enough on the road, but it's enough close to being a home where we can get out and try out some new stuff, but uh, not really have to venture too far. So anyway, we're in Temecula once, Motel 6, and I remember uh, he had gotten some cocaine, and we were all doing our thing, and he ended up dropping the cocaine on the carpet at Motel 6 in Temecula, California. Um, there was kind of that record scratch moment where the rest of the cocaine is now in on the carpet, and I said, well, I guess that's, that's the end of that party. To me, that's kind of like, all right, well, that's where you go. Okay, that's a sign. We're, we're going to let this wear off and take a long nap and start over tomorrow, right? Uh, no, that's not how he played the game. He dropped to his knees and put one nostril to the carpet at Motel 6 and snorted up whatever coke he could out of the carpet at Motel 6. I don't know what other STDs or what other uh, spores or uh, 
germs or coronaviruses or whatever the fuck he got by snorting that up. He hasn't gotten coronavirus, actually, so maybe maybe he is immune. You know, I've seen all the memes going around about things. Maybe maybe if you snorted cocaine out of the carpet at Temecula Motel 6, you can't get coronavirus. All right, let me take you back to 1979. This is going to be epic. I'm, I'm one. Oh, this is this is I'm one. one my, at this the is time. one of my favorite nights ever in my life. It'll stick with me till the day I die. I mean, I love that, it already. Oh, I'm 22 years old. My first what they call Westpac. My first trip overseas on the ship, right? In the Western so, Pacific. In the Western Pacific, yeah. And, and it's typically you, you you deploy for about six months before you come back. All right, so we, we leave San Diego. We spend a couple of weeks in Hawaii. You know, we were repair ships, so when we'd go someplace, we'd typically stay there for a little while. We'd repair some ships while we were there, and then we'd move on to the next next port. Well, so from, from, from Hawaii, we went to uh, Yokosuka, Japan. All right, so we pull into Yokosuka, Japan, and we get out, and everybody wants to go to this bar called Tampopos. Everybody's talking about, well, we're going to Tampopos. I go, what's the deal about Tom Popos? Nobody would tell me. I said, no, we're going to Tom Popos, right? So finally, we, it's the night comes, you know, where everybody's getting ready to go out, and there's about five of us. And so we get a cab, and we tell him Tom Popos, he just takes us right there. Right? I mean, that, that's it. Nobody speaks Japanese. The driver doesn't speak English. All we get in is we sit down, we go Tom Popos. And he takes us there. It's this shithouse little bar, right? Like, like, hey. You remember how the Elkhorn was? How it was yeah. you walk oh, in, yeah. it was just one long room. Well, like almost like a former bowling alley, but almost, like yeah. a one lane bowling alley. It was similar to that. It was, it was so it narrow. Was a, it was a long, narrow room. All right. And in that narrow room, they had one little, like three little uh, round tables you would sit at, and a fairly long bar. And at the end of the bar, there was like a little curtain. Right. And. So we go in there, and I we go in, and I'm sitting there, and I order a Kieran beer, which is these great big giant bottles of beer. I notice these girls coming out of behind that curtain, and they're all scrubbing their teeth, brushing <laughs> I, their I look teeth. Back there, there's about 30 toothbrushes back there, <laughs> and boxes of toothpaste. <laughs> like, well, what's the deal? They're going, I have another beer, you know. So then all of a sudden, this guy comes stumbling out of this, this, uh, this, this curtain, right? And this little Japanese gal is coming out saying, no, no more, no more. You dry dog, you dry dog. <laughs> <laughs> she so, sucked him dry. No, the deal was is he had seven minutes to come. It was a blowjob bar, right? Okay. right? Right there at the end of the bar. So what you do is you go in there, you talk, you drink, you know, you do the, the Japanese bars at that time were whole, they were wild. Instead of buying your expensive beer, you could uh, pay a, a, a bounty or whatever so you could buy cheap beer on base and you come in and you give them like eight dollars at the bar and they would check in your case of beer and you would drink your beer all night instead of drinking their four dollar a bottle beer yeah you, know, you bring so, your own in yeah you could bring your own in you, you pay you, i can't remember what they call it a fine or something like that but uh this bar you know so beers i don't know like they were probably like four bucks a piece which at that time was pretty expensive yeah. bottle of beer but they were huge bottles so and then a blowjob was seven dollars and they call it seven seven Right, and that's you know, and there and there, it, seven seven was everywhere. It didn't yeah. say exactly what it was, but it was seven seven. So a blowjob was seven dollars, and you had seven minutes to come. <laughs> and if you didn't come in seven minutes, you were a dry dog, <laughs> and you oh, lost your seven okay. bucks. Okay, okay. Well, what if you gave her another seven dollars? Oh yeah, you'd go back for seconds. Okay, but what, I mean, the thing what if you is, just keep handing her seven and just keep going at it? Because who the hell wants to get no, back? No, no, because line? because you got to pay. You got to pay at a different place. Okay, can you prepay? Can you say give them twenty one bucks for? Yeah, but you come once and then 
you're done. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But what if it takes 15 minutes? Ah, that was about 35 seconds for me. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was a while before you touched a woman at that point. Oh, it had been quite some time, yeah, yeah. Because in Hawaii, I'm the only girls you could you could have a chance with were uh, Benny boys, you know, the... Lady uh, boys. The, the transsexuals. Oh, really? Yeah, we went down Hotel Street, where all the sailor bars were. We were in this one strip club, and this guy come in. He was madder than hell, man. <laughs> I said, what's wrong? He says, yeah, well, I was getting a blowjob by this really good-looking girl back in the alley, and I reached out and grabbed her pussy, and he had a set of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be enough to get he a guy says, to... Dude, she was the prettiest girl I ever seen. <laughs> he didn't realize the Adam's apple. Yeah, well, I mean, they were good looking. Some of them wear they, oh, they wear know, scarves. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, I when know. I was on Guam, another Guam story. Yeah, I don't know if they call was, them something. In Philippines, they call them Benny boys, lady boys. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a Thailand. Thailand, they're lady boys. Yeah. Yeah. They're all lady boys. They're women. All, but there, there they're are all countries over. over there in in Southeast Asia where I don't know if they still do, but mm-hmm. at one time the families raised their boys to be girls. Make them money. So when they got to be big enough, they could go out and they could pull money. Now, we have nothing against those lady boys. No, no I got nothing against Everybody that, out there, Happy Hour News team, we love everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And, like, I, I just personally... But just because I don't want to get fucked up the butt doesn't mean I don't like homosexuals. Yeah, I, 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 I've met plenty of gay people in my life, and I'll tell you one thing. They're no different than anybody else. There's jackasses nah, cool. and, and, and there's sincere people that will ride or die, man. They're, they're your, they're oh, your yeah, best no, friend. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, they're, they're just human. Just because you have a different sexuality preference does not make you a bad person. No. What makes you a bad person is when you're a judgy asshole that fucking thinks that because you fuck another dude or fuck another woman if you're the same sex that it's wrong then you're a judgy asshole or, or or if you're you know, some uh, you know three thousand year old book says no 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 well let me tell you something i've tried the religious shit and you know what one of my best friends is hardcore religious and you know what it's for him that's all right. I, I i can do it once in a while but i can't do it all the time like i think sometimes a message can be good but it's it is what it is, and you know what? I'm not going to go in there because we're talking about hookers here. <laughs> and hey, they look, were in, they were I, in that book too. I got another shit story that can take us oh, completely off track. A shit story. So I'm <laughs> laying in bed. bed. It's a real shit story. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed. This is about two weeks ago. I'm not feeling the best, you know, and like. It's just one of those mornings, like, pity me, party in fucking bed. You know, it's 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. And you have the shits? And, like, no, I'm just really gassy. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, so, like, you need a Coke there, Carrie? Right there is some Coke. So, anyways. Oh, my God, people, what just happened? So, anyways, I'm laying in bed. And, like, I'm watching YouTube on my phone and just kind of chilling like being gassy farted here and there are you are, are you going oh man no i'm not that. i'm not like i'm not like yelling at the dog like to stop hacking up a lug you know or nothing all right well, that's but, what i do in the morning guys oh man, but, i but, need to see a dogger oh. but so i'm yell i'm i'm gassy and i'm watching youtube and finally all of a sudden like i feel my guts kind of bubble and like i'm like oh this is going to be a good one just do this Mondo Ripper that like any dude would be proud of like 
It, it, it was loud. It was ferocious. The bed sheets, like, kind of fluttered, you know? I'm like, oh, cool, you know, whatever, like. So I lay back down and, like, continue watching my YouTube videos. Well, this is about 20, 30 minutes later. I finish my YouTube videos, and I'm like, well, I better get some sleep, you know, and get up in the morning. I got some things to do out of the garage, work on some projects. So I lay my phone down on my nightstand. I roll over, and it is fucking wet. So I get up. I fucking strip my underwear off. They go in the fucking washer with some other clothes that I had in the hamper, and I fucking hit the shower, and and then all of a sudden I got to get out of the shower because I got to shit. So I'm in and out of the shower, like... You're not that tough to shit in a shower, right? No. I, I do this about three times before my guts finally stop, like, rumbling and bubbling. Like... What did you, what did you eat? I... You know that, like, nothing out of the ordinary. Like, so I, four in the morning, you got the fucking bubble guts, watching YouTube in bed, and it smells like something crawled up your ass and died. See, I never even smelled anything. That was the oh, worst part. Really? Like, I Did you shit. have a cold? No. Uh, me, I had a cold. Me. Yeah, you ate, you ate well, something well, that wasn't see, quite right. That see, was the, see, the thing about it is, like, I can't tell when I get sick these days. Like, I, I really can't tell if I'm sick or not. Like, my nose will be running. I'll be like, oh, I feel fine. Like, I'll be like, fucking got the shits. About ready to vomit. Oh, I, I feel fine. Like, I think I am just that pickled with cigarettes, booze, and everything else. <laughs> that, like... I'm just pickled, and, like, I don't get sick anymore. Pickle well, but, I mean, like... Uh, pickle Rick, motherfucker. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. When I get sick, I am, like, on my fucking deathbed, like... Like the rest of us men? Yes, yeah. men. That's men. Oh, yeah. Like, when I... The thing when is, I, yeah, I... When I get sick, I love to have, you know, get being taken care of. But I hate the baby. You know, you know what? So you know what speak. makes me feel better? It's just, leave me alone... But take care of me. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, like, honestly, you know, every time I've had a woman, th- this is no fucking lie. It's like, you know what can get old shoes feeling better? Good old Bluey. No, no, no. Baby, just show me your boobs, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most men want, like, chicken soup or a foot rub or something like that. Not old tubes. Come on, baby. The best Shoe thing for a cold. Let really me see him just one time. Huh? Just show me those boobies. Just, just, just do a little nip slip, please. please. Okay, we're talking cold now. How about a flu? Oh, dude, I'll tell you what, man. Relationship problems. I, I was, That's what I'm talking about is the flu. I was you know? out visiting my sister in Washington one year, and I, like, made this big fucking, like, steak finger dinner like where you bread like you got steak fingers and like you bread them and like you deep fry them and like i like i killed it like it was fucking the bomb like there was roasted asparagus with garlic you know like i had like garlic bread like tater mashed taters for her like i made my i made my sister a good meal okay i get sick at about three o'clock in the morning i'm puking and like wake up my sister for the next three days, I puked. About three to four years later, I could not eat a steak finger after that. Like it was the, like anything like that was in that meal, like like uh, asparagus, garlic bread, taters. I could not eat any of that shit for like three to four years later. I puked up so hard, and I remember my niece, which is she's about 18, 19 now, give or take. She she's old, but she was probably three, four years old at the time. She's like, 
Uncle Shuby, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm dying. Link, get, get out of here. You don't want to see a grown man die. Get out of here, Hannah. I remember when she was that small. Oh, dude, she, like, it's crazy. That's when I, that's when I first met you. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. yeah. Another time, uh, I don't know if we were broken down. We were somewhere stuck in Oregon, like Burns, Oregon, I think it was. And um, some, you know, we're, tw like I said, early 20s, some college kids that worked at, I think it was like a Dairy Queen or something or whatever. We stopped and got some food. And we obviously were out of place. Very obviously out of place. Very, in Eastern Oregon, very out of place. Bunch of tattooed, loudmouth, uh, you know, punk rock guys with a trailer with stickers and van. We pour out of the van, obviously, different states of inebriation and um, roll into that, whatever it was. And we ended up, I think, going to some house party with those college kids that night somewhere out in eastern Oregon and just getting shit house. And uh, bass player and underage girls and some all, all kinds of things. But more road shenanigans, and I won't, I won't say much more than that. But, yeah, I mean, road stories in general are just... Uh, you know, you just you don't realize things are, are significant, I guess, or, or at least I don't want to say significant, but you don't realize that they're going to be something that stands out to you until, you know, well after the fact. Like Salt Lake City, we're in Salt Lake City to play. Uh, the way the tour was, we were going to hit Salt Lake City. We had to go somewhere else west, I think, and then we were coming back through Salt Lake City a week later uh, or something like that. And I had booked it. You know, gung-ho, like, hey, we're going to go to Salt Lake City. We're all fans of SLC Punk. Um, we figured, hey, let's see what happens. You know, it's Mormonville, obviously, but we ended up <laughs> we ended up going on the road. Go through go through uh, Elko, Nevada, played somewhere through there. Ended up in Salt Lake City, and there was this really cool bar. I stole a picture of Elvis off the wall from this cool bar, but I forget what it was called now, but we ended up going... I'm like, shit, there's nobody going to come out. We are another Motel 6. We're down the street. I was like, there's nobody going to come out for this show. Like, what, did, what are we doing here in, in Salt Lake City of all places? I think it was a Friday. It's a Friday night show. So this, this is when movie, yeah, movies come out on Friday. So we're in town. We checked in the hotel. Like, hey, what are we going to do? So the new Tom Hanks movie came out. I think it was the Da Vinci Code. This is, that's how long ago this was. Had just come out. And we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's go see a movie. So we go, we go to the movies, and we come out of the movie theater, and this is the daytime movie on Friday. So the movie had come out that day. There weren't too many like Thursday night midnight screenings of stuff before at this time. So we were one of the first people to see the movie in the country, and didn't really think much of it. Tom Hanks, you know, had time to kill during the day. We were all hung over anyway, and um, we figured, fuck it, right? So we go to the movies. We come out again bunch of tattooed crazy people coming out of the movie theater in the middle of the day in Salt Lake City like downtown Salt Lake City at the mall um, and the news cameras were outside I wish I could find this footage news cameras were outside and they came up to us because they were asking I guess it was a really controversial movie and Tom Hanks it was a real religious subtitle subtext whatever and obviously uh, in in Salt Lake City with Mormons there was you know, an, an extra layer of uh, let's have a discussion apparently so we came out of the movie theater and the news channels were out there interviewing local residents about the movie and asking what they thought. 
I don't remember exactly what we said, but they asked us if we live there. We said no. They asked us what we're doing there. We took the opportunity to promote the show, of course. Um, and they said something about, like, what did you think about the movie? And we, we just didn't really get... And then our bass player, who was a troll in the sense of the, the poking the bear kind of troll, and also the physical outward appearance of a troll, um, he would jump up and down and say completely off-color shit to, to record scratch a moment. Um, and he did something like that, and they're like, okay, well, we're done with you. But we were one of the first people in the country to see The Da Vinci Code and ended up being on TV getting interviewed about it because we happened to be uh, hung over in a hotel room in Salt Lake City where we played a hell of a show. It was a really cool place. Really cool place. I wish I could remember the name of it. The Freaks came out at night. All the punk rock kids came out. All these tattooed kids came out. It was great. And uh, I, I did take that picture of Elvis. When I first moved here, my sister came to visit me, and I was working at the local cafe at the time as the cook. And I took a couple days off. We went, and we had supper at the cafe. Well, she ordered the sausage. She, I think she ordered a, a breakfast sausage sandwich, which is one of the sandwiches we had. We called it a piggy or something. I don't know. I can't remember. And she looked at it, and she says, I can't eat this. So what do you mean you can't eat that? She says it's not done. I said just because of the you, look. Yeah, the because color. it was pink. It yeah. wouldn't. It, you, you could cook that thing. You could fry it at the hottest temperature, and it would not, it would not turn brown. It had. It was the way it was cured. It was always going to be a pink, pink color. It'd be pink, yeah. But then if you overcooked it, it would obviously be dry. Oh, it'd be yeah. it'd be dry yeah. as a bone. But she wouldn't eat it because it wasn't it didn't look like the sausage she was used to where she was from which was in Colorado. We strayed from hookers there, Shuby. What no, no, but, uh, <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. talking about sausage. Well, I, I'm about perfectly sausage. fine we're, with it because okay. we're talking about sausage. Okay. See, and I was thinking about putting my talk. sausage. Everybody fighting. Hey, uh, everybody shut the fuck up. No. You know everybody what got, shut the fuck up. Shut know, the fuck up. You know what got I, me onto that? I, I, pink. I was thinking oh, pink. You're welcome. I was thinking about putting my sausage in something pink. Thank pink. you. You're welcome. See, I was thinking about putting my sausage in something pink. Now, all you fuckers out there. It all comes there, around. All you fuckers out there in podcast land, think about that. My sausage is something pink. Yeah. Your, your sausage is something pink? In something pink. In and of something pink. I said my words too fast, Shante. You give me a break. And you know what, Sean? You fucking stop laughing at me. And Carrie, don't even fucking stop. Because I ain't going there tonight. All right, Roberta. Hey, thanks for the heart because it is Valentine's Day, Carrie. I love you too. But yeah, it is no secret now. Hey. Oh, we should have a fucking picture Oh, wait, picture that is that your titty? Here in, uh, in Montgomery County. Um... There's a story. His name uh, it's Bear Bearzilla, Bearilla, Bearilla. That's what it is. Um, you can actually find there's a there's a show um, that there's an episode that you can find on YouTube um, about this Bearilla character, and it's kind of creepy because I I saw something. What this thing is is basically like a huge wolf-like bear, and there are some people that were completely like there's a lot of there's people who've seen this thing. I've had their house terrorized by like out in the country and stuff. And I was, uh, I was driving, uh, back from, uh, dropping my kids off one day and I look out in the field. Um, it was about six, seven o'clock 
And I, I saw something huge. I saw it for a split second because I was trying to pay attention to the road. But in the corner of my eye, I looked open for a split second, and there was this big, huge thing. And at first thought, it was, that's a huge-ass fucking dog. And and then it wasn't there. So I don't know, but I, I it's like stuff like that. It's like, okay, I, I can't say it doesn't exist. I believe in Bigfoot, you know? Like, well, yeah, I mean, even like Shuby, he believes in that stuff, and Sean or yeah, gives him a lot of shit about it. I'm like, dude, you you know, Sean's an older guy. He's kind of stuck in his ways, which is fine, and we just give him shit about it. But I was like, hey, you haven't been right. everywhere. I mean, and he's lived in the woods, so I'm sure oh, he yeah. sees some shit. I mean, that's nothing like Ap- oh, in Appalachian country, but yeah, yeah, that would yeah, that would be fun to go out there. The next morning, we ended up being a couple blocks from a Denny's. Denny's is like. Um, almost a literal oasis and now I probably wouldn't die face down in the moons over my hammy but I, I at the time I mean, when you're broke we used to, shit, we used to do the, the 10 pack of tacos at Taco Bell too um, to get by I mean that's what you do but anyhow uh, Salt Lake City we go to Denny's and we're we pull <laughs> in the parking lot and there was three cop cars, three, two, three, four cop cars. We had cocaine on us. We are in a state we shouldn't have been in with drugs and had a show the night before. We were crazy hungover. Four hoodlum 25-year-olds walking around, you know, a new town. that We, we were just kind of on the road, so every town's the same. Anyway, we walk into this, uh, in this Denny, and we sit down, and we're like two booths away from these cops that are either coming on shift or coming off shift. And we are freaking out. We're completely panicked, totally paranoid the whole time, thinking, oh, shit, they know we're high. They know this, which they probably did. Um, But they also probably knew we weren't in town long, so they didn't do much. But we ended up walking outside. We waited inside until, like, they had paid their bill and they left. And we're like, oh, shit, we were really nervous. We got outside, and they were still sitting there. They were kind of just looking at us like, I think they are wanting to make sure we weren't going to drive. Like, how did we get there? But they just uh, were kind of li- they waited outside to see what we we're doing. But we walked out, and one of the cops had a stuffed animal pig in his window of his cruiser, and our guitar player ran over there and immediately started talking to him about it, and kind of broke the ice. And it was one of those funny moments where, you know, when you're really puckered up, and all of a sudden you can just kind of relax, like, oh god, okay, I guess we're not going to be in trouble. Realize that we weren't driving, but. In the end, I thought it was really cool that the cops had a stuffed pig in their window because that that isn't something you expect cops to have a really good humor about uh, sense of humor about, and they absolutely did, and they probably would have been uh, cool about everything. We would just sat down and told them stories about how cool the show was the night before and all that, but you know you're paranoid, and this is shit. This is when weed was still illegal, and we would ride around. We used to ride around in the back. The way we would do this tour thing is we'd have. Uh, every third day we'd rent a hotel room so we'd get paid shows and the shows would pay for gas and a little bit of food and uh, oil changes and whatnot so we would make enough money to get to the next town and we'd sleep in the van we had a 12 passenger van that had four bench seats in the back and two bucket seats up front we had one roadie with us there were four of us in the van so i ended up driving quite a bit because i'm a control freak plus the van was in my name uh, and i was just a better driver but that was one. That was one event. I think it was the same tour we went to Vegas after that, 
Um, and <laughs> we got to Vegas a day early. The way the schedule was for the tour, we had like a, an off day. But it was an off day in Vegas. But we're all, you know, 24, 25. We're on the road as musicians. We're not there as uh, Aerosmith playing Vegas. You know, we're not there to gamble. We don't get comped, you know, whatever. Rooms, slots, whatever. Um, so we had, an, we had an RV and we went to the club. We used to always play this place called the Double Down Saloon. Uh, right off, I think it was off, uh, no, it wasn't off Rainbow. It was, it was right off of the strip. I think somewhere near the Tropicana or the... The Hard Rock, I want to say. Hard Rock Casino, I'm not sure. It's been a while. But the Double Down Saloon was cool as shit. That was the punk rock bar. Still is. Um, it's the the spot. They've got some juice, uh, some drink called Ass Juice that sounds as bad as it... It, it, uh, it, it tastes as bad as it sounds, but apparently you can get a t-shirt and picture on the wall or something for drinking it. It's, it's one of those kind of places. But we got there early the day after Temecula, and we still... I think it had gotten more coke or something in Vegas, but we ended up getting to Vegas a day early and just sat in the RV like a bunch of tweakers and just did coke for a day before we before it was our turn to play. Uh, I went in and, and destroyed and kind of did our thing. But those were those were the days. That was kind of how it was. We got all this talk about hookers and all this great talk, but the real stories. We talk about that we got 50-some years of friendships here. The real story is, is giving Sean a ride home from the bar, meeting Shantae, or Shanty Pants, whatever, as Shantae. I'm getting a little <laughs> drunk, people. These guys. You want to try it again? So we got 50-some years of You can say my name. It don't matter. Yeah, of Sanchez and Shanty Pants. <coughs> and giving Sanchez a ride home from the bar... Or when Shanty Pants was playing in a band with high school buddies of mine. That's how I met these guys. We were partying, having great times, having great times like we are now. The only thing is, <coughs> on an episode like this, excuse me, people, sorry for coughing in the mic. We were having great times then. And we're having great times now. And we met and we had a bond because you know what? We don't disrespect each other. We have a disagreement. We agree to disagree. And when we do kind of argue, we like me and Sanchez has argued about car facts and We've stuff. We've argued about a number of things. Yeah. But you know what the thing about it is at the end of the day, all bullshit aside, I got your back as you got my back, and I got Shantae's back as he's got my back. That's, you know why that is, Shuby? We don't do bullshit. Yeah. We just don't entertain it. We don't fucking have any time for it. If you're not, if you, if, you, if your words aren't representative of what your actions are, fuck you. We ain't. We don't need you. Yeah. So, like in uh, 2002, like the year I graduated high school, 18, 18 years fucking ago, years ago, I uh, I was living in the woods in Oregon. And I had already been kicked out of two uh, campsites. I was kind of guerrilla camping yeah. by the, uh, the the local uh, game warden, mm-hmm. Forest Service guy, and he and he told me, you know, he says, "Dude, I don't I don't really care that you're out here." He says, "We got a lot of guys out here cooking meth and stuff. You know, we got a lot of clandestine yep. labs out here, and you got to really be careful." But the law says you can only stay in one place for two weeks. It says so, you know. 
stay you go i can't let you stay in any campgrounds you know public campgrounds but if you can find a spot where nobody goes and if i can't see you there then nobody knows right well, I said, so out of sight out of mind pretty much so i found this spot that you had to work to get to right you had to, i mean you had had to climb and crawl through brush to get to it and it was a beautiful spot it was it was great and i'd been there for about three weeks and i had my my main camp where like i had my backpack hung up on a tree and i had some furniture that, like yeah. lawn furniture that people leave at the campgrounds yep and i had some coolers and stuff that people just abandoned at the campgrounds yeah. i had all the stuff people just left behind that i used but i kept my bed about 50 feet away under these two big cedar trees that i'd made like okay. this shelter and i was i was a light sleeper anyway and i was over there sleeping in my little bedroll and everything it was I don't know what time of the morning it was. It was early, early, early morning, like two or three. This was in Oregon, right? This is in Oregon in the mountains. <clears throat> and it was summertime. And I hear this noise. And and it's it's hard to get to this place. You can't just stumble upon it. I mean yep. and I hear this noise and so I like I peek over and I can see over into my camp and there's this guy like going around my camp and he's like, you know, looking in my stuff and he's like you know, open around and everything, and and I'm I'm start I'm a little scared, you know, because yeah. I'm I'm like asleep and I don't have any weapons or anything like that. I don't have a knife, don't have anything. I'm like yeah. in bed, and he starts getting closer and closer and closer to me, and he's like, you know, looking in my coolers, and you know, he's like he sits in his chair and he's like, and he gets about ten feet away from me, and I don't know what to do, so I jump up and I scream, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he literally he goes, <laughs> and his hands go together in like front a of his T-Rex, chest, like, like shimmering, like like a four year old that got caught with her hand in a cookie jar. Yeah, <laughs> and he screams like a girl, and he's <laughs> and 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 he won't stop. <laughs> yeah, and he is so spun out of his mind on crank, on meth. That he just and his eyes are like all glazed over and he's screaming. At, at that point, so did finally, you know that you had the advantage? Well, finally, I got up and I told him, "Hey, man, hey, man, calm down," because he wouldn't stop. You know, he's just standing there like for like a minute, just ah, 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 and he's going. I go, man, settle down, settle down. It's okay, it's okay. And he jumps back. He looks at me. He goes, "Man, you scared the fuck out of me." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Dude." You scared the fuck out of me. I said, how did you even find my place? He goes, well, I got lost, and I just found it. <laughs> yeah. So this motherfucker is on meth. Oh, he's, or, he's or, fun, yeah. Like, he, I he mean, is. he's on crack, cocaine, whatever the drug of choice. No, he's on meth. Yeah, but I mean, whatever the tr- drug of choice of yeah. spinning, he's fucking spun. Stumbles into your campsite. Right. In and the middle like, of the fucking night, early in the morning. Like and, and it's, it's like looking lo- looking through shit like sitting down in your chair. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I mean, literally looking through my backpack and stuff and seeing what's there because you could see him. His head was on a swivel looking around. And he couldn't see me. Did you have a fire going at this point? I had a fire pit, but it it had long been gone. I, actually, I didn't use a lot of fires because mm-hmm. they tend to bring attention. Yep. You know, and most of the time I had a little stove. I had usually use cooked with alcohol okay or a very small fire in a can yeah for cooking you know it was summertime so i didn't need heat so i didn't have fires a lot but i did have a fire pit but i mean like so but he you, couldn't like, see the thing was is, is so like the sun was, was barely coming up or, no it was dark it was like two in the morning it was 
middle of the night. So moonlight is all you have. When I say early in the morning, I meant you know past midnight. Okay, so like you had moonlight at this point. That's it. I don't even remember if there was much moonlight. There was had been enough for me to be able to see him. So so yeah, like you're just seeing a shadowy figure. Oh no, I could see him. I could see his. I could. He had. He was like blonde, blonde hair. He didn't have a hat. He was wearing a t-shirt and jeans. So there had been and pretty yeah, good he was, probably, he was probably about 22, 23 years old. And just spun out of his fucking mind. Oh, just gone, man. And well, I, I kind of, I kind of figured he was fucked up when he, the way he was like moving around, you know, he was twitching and stuff. But he, he, and he kept looking around, and he couldn't, for some reason, he couldn't see me. Did, did you? Uh, he had no like, idea. Like after, after he confirmed that he was just fucking lost, did you point him in the right direction? And be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, of I, I finally told him. I, I didn't know what direction. I said, dude. I said, I don't know where. He kept saying, Well, I don't know where I'm gonna go. go. I said, Well, I don't give a fuck. You can't stay here. Because like, you I know. actually felt sorry for the guy after, you know, after because I scared the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it heart took, it took me like like twenty minutes to get him to fucking calm down. I thought he was gonna have a heart attack, and he and he every time I would like. You know, put my hands up to tell him to calm down. He would like clutch his chest and step back about four four steps. Like he was like a yeah. dog that been oh, he thought I was too gonna, many he times. He thought I was going to kill him. I mean, he thought he stumbled into some fucking mass murderer's place. You know, <laughs> he kept saying, oh, "I didn't see where were you? I didn't see you. Scared me." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like knowing the guy that you are, but like if I didn't know you. And like I fucking wondered at your camp. Oh, and I was I was living rough. I looked rough. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you I had, had facial I had, hair. I, that I, had, I had bathed for like a week, you know. So my hair was long and it was real greasy, you know. And and, and you were like, what I the was, fuck? I was my clothes were filthy dirty because I hadn't been to the laundromat, you know. I mean, I was I was a sight. But, You're uh, a beast. I was I was living a beastie life. But I'll just never forget the look on his face <laughs> when I jumped up and screamed at him because he literally his hands went in fist to his chest and he just went like t-rex it and just like yeah. <laughs> and proceeded to scream like a little girl like and, a four-year-old <laughs> but you you know i i think that has shaped you into the man that you are today and you that my, so? my, my my friend sanchez yeah like i mean like you have these great stories but yet you also have that compassion for having the, that close group of friends that like you can rely on you know and like that like well, I think he didn't I, do anything wrong. No, no, I no, mean, no, no. But like w- what I'm saying though is like experience like that that shows you like people like that have nobody, and like you are so grateful for Shanny, Care, Cheech, you know, Shuby, you know, like you are grateful for the people that you have in your life. I'm grateful and, too for yeah, every one of you and fuckers, I, and I'm grateful too for every one of you fuckers. But like, I think. There was a point in your life where you were for grateful for nobody. Oh, I, I used to be a real shit shit heel. I mean, there was a time in my life where you, you wouldn't have fucking liked me for a second. I would I would have been that. You would you would you wouldn't have liked me for if if I would have met you when I was twenty five years old. And I was twenty five years old. You would have never. You would either kill me or you never spoke to me again. Or we would have been fucking fist fighting. Well, you. I mean, I, I wasn't a fighter. I was more of a hit and runner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, was, that was I, a great. That was a great yeah. fucking campfire. That guy. was. I love that story actually because like it has it, it, it has the aspects of you having compassion for humanity, which we know that you do because your fellow. I just man, honestly didn't know what the fuck to do because he was getting closer to me and closer to me, and I just didn't know what to do. I figured, well, 
got to do something. You got to do something. <laughs> so I yeah. jumped up and I hollered at him. You know what you should have done is waited till he got like three inches from your face. Oh, because I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I didn't. That was a time before the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> I damn sure didn't want to be way up there in the mountains in that clandestine fucking campground with a goddamn dead body. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, fucking then you got to then you got to answer fucking questions. Now, now I'm like going, oh, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, what the fuck if you would have had a heart attack right then and there? What the fuck would you done? Well, at I that mean, at that stage in your life, can you answer that question today? Well, I was totally sober at 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 that point in my life. I wasn't drinking any alcohol or no drugs, no, no nothing. I was totally sober. Uh. I probably would have made an attempt to at least perform CPR or to give him some first aid, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, as much as I had the ability to do. Oh, that's good. I mean, you just want to went out back I, and I, dug I a hole. This was, and this wasn't at the time of my life when I was a dick, dick heel, you know, when yeah. I was a shipper. I, I had gotten over that long, you know, for at this time. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have you know, done something to, you know, and I didn't, and when he screamed in his reaction, scared the fuck out of me because yeah. I'm like going, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> what did I do to this guy? I didn't well, even touch him yet. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it was, you know, I, I remember telling him, calm down, calm down. And every time I would like, like move towards him, he would like jump back and scream well, some and more. Like, like you think about like guys that like, he told me, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Well, I mean, like you think about guys like my dad, and like his cousin, like they would have you would have been looking down the barrel of an odd six or a three hundred windbag. Oh yeah, it, it, like, I, you know I think things would have been different if I would have had a gun. First of all, I wouldn't ever let him get near as close to me as he did. Yeah, and you probably wouldn't be here doing this podcast either. I might not. I might be uh, wherever the state penitentiary is yeah. in exactly. Oregon. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like guys like my dad and. I mean, he would have fucking... He was that guy that, like, you wander into camp and you don't announce yourself, you're probably going to be looking down the barrel of an odd six. Yeah. I mean, just because, just because it's like... But we always had, like, in camp, we always had big fires. You know, like... And they were contained with rocks yeah, or see, rings. The thing is, where you were camping, it was okay to camp. Yeah. I was guerrilla camping. Yeah, we were I camping. Was, I was you were trying, squatting. I was doing everything I could not... For people not to know where yeah. I was, and, and see, I th- I think that's the difference between like between like me and you, like you not having a gun and like my dad having a gun because like people should be announcing themselves in our camp because we have that big fire. We, you know, like if you're another hunter coming in, you should be like, hey, you know, like waving your hands, showing your hands, where like people like in your situation are trying to be sneaky. And, like, you're in that position where you're vulnerable, no gun, no weapon. Nobody knows where I'm at. Yeah, and, like, this motherfucker is in your thing, but you end up scaring him more than he scared you. Yeah. And that's what makes this story so epic. Yeah, well, it was... (laughs) It didn't seem epic at the time. (laughs) Think about this. It seems... Okay, if you could have videotaped everything that happened right there... How much money would have that made you on YouTube today? So let's see. There's a rub because I don't think YouTube was there then. No, I know YouTube wasn't. Right. But and and I'm not sure that I would have if I had the tape. I'm not sure I would have kept it. Well, that's be, the difference be, between our generation. Yeah. 
If we had, well, I we might have. Would have been afraid that it would have brought me some kind of trouble oh. somewhere. Yeah, shit, we did back in the day. Yeah. And, well, and just, you know, really, that guy was in your camp, though. Yeah, but I was camping illegally, so. But you talked to the game where he said, "Out of sight, out of well, mind." Well, yeah, but the thing is, if he would have found me, he still would have had to deal with. It. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, that's that the end was, of that story. That was a good story, yeah. Sanchez. That was a great fucking story. Sorry, we went off on it for so long. That's all right. <laughs> We were driving from, from somewhere in Central California, driving toward Bakersfield. And what we what we used to do is we, uh, we on the third night we'd get a hotel room. So we'd play a show, and I mean, imagine four four dudes playing a show, crazy sweaty. We'd go find somewhere to park the van, like some parking lot, some park, state park, whatever, uh, and we'd sleep in the van. Each one of us, since there's four of us, would get a bench. And the roadie would get, like, the captain's chair up front. He'd recline it as far back as it would go because he's the roadie. He didn't get a bench. But each one of us had our own bench. And those benches smelled fucking ripe, as you could imagine. But we would do that for one night, go to the next town, play the next show, sleep in the van the second night. And then the third night, we'd get a hotel room. And when we'd get a hotel room, we'd all pile into the same room. And we'd get two beds. Somebody would take a couch and... We would make it work. Some people sleep on the floor. I don't think we ever slept in the same beds, whatever, but it was really smelly quite a bit. But we would drive around in the back of these, uh, in the back of this van. Whoever wasn't driving, we would pass around a homemade Gatorade bottle bong. And a lot of times Miller High Life, because it's the champagne of beers, of course. And we would ride around in the back and be chauffeured from state to state, drinking and smoking weed way before it was legal. And just acting like, yeah, fuck it, what happened? No big deal if, if we get caught. And we, I think we looked at it like, hey, if we did get caught, it'd be good publicity, which nobody, if, looking at it now, that would have never made any kind of press. But, hey, some band got pulled over. That would have never even made, like, a local paper, but we thought it would. But we used to do that. That's how we would roll. And I always remember our bass player, this nasty little gremlin. We would, every time we get a hotel room, We'd all have to take turns by then, go and take turns and shower because we have a routine. It's the third day. Everybody's really funky. We do whatever interviews in town, whatever radio interviews, whatever, smelling like homeless people, get a hotel room, and we'd all take turns showering. And our bass player, I always remember, would always jerk off <laughs> in the bathroom. Uh, he, he wasn't always the last one to go. And so he would go in there. And, you know, it's one thing if you're four dudes and you go in the bathroom and you do what you got to do and you're on the road. As long as you don't announce it and talk about it, nobody really is going to care. But this guy would go in there, and, and he would leave evidence at the crime scene, so to speak. Um, and when you're one of four guys, that's a completely unacceptable occurrence. Um, shout out to Levi. So, anyway, we had to end up kind of beating him into submission because that wasn't allowed. We had to teach him what Kleenex were for. Well, I'm lucky. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Everybody that was in this room right now is at my wedding. That's true. Yeah. I thank you all. And we all, died, we all died on the Titanic. I was there. A too. day or two later, yeah. Yeah, my wife was obviously yeah. there. Yeah, you were only like eight months pregnant. But though. here's the thing is. And you made me walk. I, I, I made walk. you walk. I made you walk. Well, here's the deal. Carrie. No, no, you're, made your me hubby walk. made you walk. Las walk. Vegas is made for people who have to walk. Or spend money to be driven. Hey, and you know what, Carrie? We have bus pass. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we paid money nobody can. I mean, very few people can afford to go to Vegas and and and, and gamble and go, you know, have I a good time. We should have rented a car and spent one hundred twenty dollars a day on fucking cab fare. No, we should have rented a car because a car is like sixty or fifty dollars a day in Vegas. Right. Well, well I mean, two cars. I got to go just I for the guys. We would we would have had one car and that could have taken care of me, you, Carrie, and Lisa, the maid of honor. That could have taken care of four of us. And there was a lot. Yeah, of no, I was there. My, my whole deal. I came after you guys. You guys had a whole different agenda than me. I I ended up traveling with a good friend of mine who's just not quite ready for public life. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's a big he's, city life. He's uh, yeah, he's he's a local here in he's town. He's a local. He's here a good town. guy. I'm not gonna, he is a great guy. He's a good. He'll shit. always be one of my good friends. But he is just not ready for the world. Or the world is not ready for him. I'm not sure how it goes. Well, put it this way. Bigger local town that's like 30 miles away. Yeah, our population center town. Yeah, our population center town. When we first got our first Walmart, he would walk into Walmart smoking cigarettes. Or he'd be walking around Walmart and light up a cigarette. And management would have to come to him and tell him, you can't be doing that in here, sir. And he would throw it on the ground and put it out with his foot. And this happened many, many, many times. And I think maybe even still to this day, when he goes to Walmart, he might light a cigarette just out of, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he wants just wants to see what kind of <laughs> reaction he'll get. Yeah, this guy, I mean, we went to, we, for, first of all, he's not from anywhere. He's from here. You know, I booked. I booked the room. I just kind of asked him if he wanted to go because the guy, poor guy, never gets to go anywhere. So, you know, I said, you want to go to Vegas? We'll, we'll split it up. Oh, yeah, I'll go. So, he'd never been on an airplane before. You know? yeah, that's, I was worried about him. Yeah. Well, no, he had a good time. He, he loved the airplane. Well, I did he get drunk on the airplane? Or no, he just quit drinking Yeah, at he time. didn't drink. Yeah, no, he doesn't drink. You and me he, got he drunk on the airplane. He quit drinking quite some time ago because evidently... He, you got he, stopped by TSA for all the booze yeah. we had. Yeah, I... <laughs> let me tell you something about well, the booze. let me finish my story yeah, first. Yeah, sorry. So this guy, so we, we get to Vegas, we check in in our motel. It was uh, Howard Johnson's, so it was like... Cheap, cheap. Well, it was five miles from everywhere. All right. And, uh, I mean, there was a big, you know, hotel casino right across the street, but you had to walk three blocks in either direction across the street. Because you do not jaywalk in, in Vegas. Well, that's the thing. Vegas is all about perception. Anyway, so there, there's, right, right next to the hotel, there's the, uh, yeah, the Hooters Casino. So we go over there, and we're walking in. We walk right to the middle of the big casino pit. You know, there's that spot in those casinos that's just center. Yep. And there's, you know, there's a few... Uh, Slot machines in the middle, then there's like a couple of table games on the perimeter, and then it goes off into like the drinks. And he stuff. stands right there and, and he, he looks at me and says, Jesus Christ, where are all the white people? <laughs> that was the first night there. We hadn't been there 20 minutes. <laughs> I said, Oh my God, Bob. And there's like, you know, people of various races everywhere, you know, and it was like, that all of the noises stayed, but it was like still there was a little bit of quiet that kind of came over the area. The low. <laughs> and everybody looked at us. And I'm like going, Bob, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we had the same experience with uh, on the bus, remember, when that uh, colored guy had his pants hanging down, didn't know where to sit. Uh, my neighbor at the time said, Jesus Christ, man, pull up your pants. Oh, yeah. Just, oh. That was another guy that doesn't get out much. Yeah. 
Well, let, 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 let me tell just, you know, and so, thing so, is, but what we have here is we have upper Midwest, North Dakota rednecks, and they are so much like your southeast. I wouldn't you know? say rednecks. Well, you just, know, that's what hey, they are. You know what's dude. crazy? I've been called a redneck so many times in my life. Like Just because where we live. You're a fucking idiot redneck. You're a racist. Okay, redneck. And, and instead, of, instead of redneck, they're cultural racists. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can take me anywhere, and like, have you ever seen me treat a person different because of the color of their skin? No, no I've never they, even heard you mention that. And you, you know what the crazy thing is? I lived in Seattle for eight years, and all this shit, and I get called a racist so many fucking times by all these fucking ignorant fucking people that like because I they I don't agree with their opinion, and it's like motherfucker. Some of my best friends are of color. I got beaner. Point five sitting diagonally from yeah, here. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking half tanned half the time. Yeah, you know, or Nellis, or Nellis ain't what? Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another. But I do have Irish in me too. I'm a yeah, mutt. I'm strict, straight up like, Another couple good friends of mine are half German, half Filipino, and they look almost 100 percent Filipino. Well, here's the deal. Here's the here's here's the thing about what a lot of people perceive as racism, which isn't really racism. It's race ignorance because I can race tell you, ignorance. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, we just you know they don't understand the other. Music, I can tell you, rap music, especially you know, new rap music. I'm 63 years old. You know, people who are writing music aren't. First of all, they're not writing it for any 63 year old, and especially if you come out of some urban you know environment and you're talking about you know the man and all that. Nobody fucking writing shit for a 63 year old white guy. All right. You need to rely on what you grew up with. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I don't know. I don't have a lot of black people in my life right now. Yeah. Is that I, I don't like them, or I don't. I, I just don't have them there. And there are a lot of people who've lived in this part of the country all of their lives, haven't ever had any. Yeah, exactly. So they and all they know of other people, and it's not just people of color. It's people just that aren't them. They don't know anything about them, and it's all foreign to them, and they're afraid of things they don't understand. And that's yes. race ignorance. Well, yeah. you know, that's race ignorance. Oh, good idea.